morning. Welcome to Grace. We're glad you're here today. And to those of you who are watching live stream, we're glad you're here too. And uh, if you don't have a church, we would welcome you to join us here. I'm excited about this message today. It's a hard one. Uh, it's one that I think will benefit every single one of us, including myself in this room and those watching uh, by live cast. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, then I want you to determine what the answer to this question is. I'm going to get a description of something, and then you answer what it is. So here it goes. Listen up closely. Who am I? I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I am cruel and malicious and gather strength with age. The more I am quoted, the more I am believed. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no name and no face. To track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I am no one's friend. Once I tarnish a reputation... It is never the same again. I topple governments. I ruin marriages. I destroy careers. I cause heartache and sleepless nights. I wreck churches and separate Christians. I spawn suspicion and generate grief. I make innocent people cry on their pillows at night. Even my name hisses. I am gossip. And the truth is, that's exactly what gossip does. And we're going to go on a journey today. And my hope and prayer has been this week this. That we no longer excuse it. We no longer say things like this. Well, everyone struggles with it. Or that's just how I'm wired. But we make a conscious decision to remove it completely from our lives. And not only remove it completely, but not even to entertain it at all. Imagine what could happen in our world if just for one day, everyone chose to never gossip again. Imagine what would happen in your marriage. Imagine what would happen in your workplace. Imagine what would happen in your schools. Imagine what would happen in friendships. Imagine what would happen in this community, in every surrounding community, if we chose never to gossip again. The Bible is loaded. Almost every book has something to say about gossip and how gossip kills Grab your Bibles. We're going to go on a journey. We're going to be looking at passages. I encourage you to take notes, and even more than that, to take it to heart. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Our ushers will put one in your hand today. And I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 8. We're going to begin right there, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say about gossip. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 8. And would you stand with me as we read that verse to go on this journey of understanding what gossip is. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 8. Let's read it out loud together. Would you read it with me, please? Ready, read. 
The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost part. Just read it again. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. You may have a seat. Gossip corrupts us. This passage, Solomon says, it's like a choice morsel. It's like, oh, it looks so good. Like, feed me that. It's like once your eyes see it, you want to take it in because it appears on the outside to be something that you would want. It's like a filet mignon steak. It's like a rise and roll cream-filled donut that weighs a pound. It's like red velvet cake. It's like venison backstraps. It's like Ant Hill ice cream at the Chief. It's like lobster tail while you're in Cancun. It's the buffet bar at the Golden Corral. And we can't get enough of it. But it sinks its teeth into our souls, into our minds, and our hearts. And it eats away at us once it enters like gangrene. It destroys everything good in us. And it leaves us paralyzed in sin. It seems tasty and delicious, Solomon says. But it leaves you reeling in guilt and shame and later asking, Why did I take a bite of that? Why did I deliver that choice morsel to someone else? It destroys, it corrupts, and it kills. And the truth is this in our world. It's become such a common thing and an okay society thing to do that people will confess to theft. People will confess to adultery. People will even confess to murder. But no one ever confesses to gossip. When is the last time you said, saw someone post on social media, I am a gossiper? It obscures truth. It drives us from God. It ruins reputations. It destroys relationships. It divides teams. It divides workplaces. It divides families. And it divides churches. Yet we just continue to entertain it, receive it, and speak it. James said this, the brother of Jesus, turn to James chapter 3. You're going to use your Bibles, and I hope you have a hard copy because we're going to be flying through them today. James chapter 3. Look at James chapter 3 in, in the New Testament. James would later say this about gossip itself. James chapter 3, where is its origin? He said this, he said in James 3 verse 6, he said, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And itself is set on fire by what? Hell. So where's gossip come from? It's ignited by hell. The very words come from hell. You wonder where it comes from? It is Satan's native language. It comes from spending time doing what he wants us to do. Paul would later say in Romans chapter 1 and verses 29 and 30 that when you gossip, you backbite. And there's a Greek word that's used there for gossip in the New Testament. And if you were to look what this word means, the word, the word gossip in the original language means a whisperer. 
Have you ever seen someone, hey, let me tell you something. Don't tell anybody I said this, but this is what I know. You even find people, they whisper when they gossip because they dare not want to be found out that they were the ones that began that story. Romans 1, 29 and 30 says that they are backbiters. In other words, when you gossip, you take chunk after chunk. You take bite after bite. And word by word, you wound people. And you do it from behind. You would dare not say it to their face. And you would dare not let them know that you are the one guilty of those biting words that destroy people. Chunk by chunk, bite by bite, backbiters. That's the picture that Paul gives us of a gossiper in the New Testament. In other words, we wound people behind their backs with our words. We shoot them with verbal bullets. Solomon would say in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 28 that gossip separates close friends and stirs up dissension. By the way, just in case you're not aware of this, here's the truth about gossip. Anyone who gossips to you will gossip about you. Amen? So dare not confide in someone that gossips. There are very few people that you can trust in this world with your words. And if someone gossips to you, you would never, ever confide in that person. Because they will gossip about you. And it begins with these phrases. And through the years, these are the phrases that when I hear, like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I even, I even have practiced this on my own, and I'll explain it later. But when I begin to see, I go through some questions, and we're going to hear about those questions. But when I begin to see just the beginning of gossip, I'll just put my hand up and say, you know what? I don't need to hear that information And you should pass that information on the person that needs to hear it. And that's the person that wronged you. (laughs) But I often understand and understand when someone's about to gossip when I hear these phrases. And here's how they normally begin. Have you heard? And even the tone. Have you heard? Or can you believe what this? Or this is what I think took place. Or, did you know? Or, don't tell anyone I what? Said this. And if I hear those preceding statements about anything, why? Because what comes after that is often gossip. You say it can travel like wildfire in today's social media world. With the pressure to post it first, people will report information without checking the source so they can get followers or likes or retweets. We have the propensity to post things when people fail or have been accused of a wrongdoing. And why do we do these things about our own brothers and sisters? Let me just ask the question. When you post something about someone that has fallen, a Christian artist or a Christian ministry leader or a Christian, in pers- in, in, any Christian... Is your motive pure? You see, the truth is this. If you have never had a conversation with that person, if you don't know that person, and you haven't gone to them first about their failure, listen, the moment you post that, it is gossip. Sin. It is sin to do so. 
And yet, in our world, we somehow believe that we have the right or it's going to help the world. No, it doesn't. When you don't know them personally, don't post about that person. I heard this recently, and I think it's such a great quote that I'll share it today. And it leaves me thinking. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. What kind of mind do you have? You see, before you become a gossiper on social media, ask yourself this question. Am I certain this is true? Have I given the person a chance to speak for themselves? And have they wronged me? If they haven't wronged you, then you shouldn't be entertaining this conversation. Jesus had some words to say. So what should we do when someone has wronged us? Should we say... Take it to the world, take it to my neighbor, take it to my study group, take it to the workplace. No, turn to Matthew chapter 18. Let's just see this principle that God has in place when it comes to people that have wronged you. Here it is. Jesus gave us, he gave us a principle to live by. It's an opportunity for us to apply it to our lives. Look at Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15. Jesus said this. He says, if your brother or sister does what? What's the word? Sins. Go and point out their fault to social media. Is that what it says? No. Go and point out their fault to your Bible study group. No. Go and pray out their fault in prayer encounter. No. Look what it says. Go and point out their faults. What's it say? Just between the what of you. And he says this. If they listen to you, you have what them over. What's it say? Okay, think about this. Here's the principle. Someone's wronged you. They've done something to you. They said something to you. And it's hurt you. And And so you must go to that person and say, maybe you didn't realize this. Assume the best about that person first. But when you did this, or you said this, I just wanted to let you know, that hurt. And I want to let you know that that's not true. And I want you to know that i got to make this right between us because you're my brother, you're my sister. We can't go on with this. It doesn't say go somewhere else. It doesn't say go to someone else. It doesn't say to go to a group of else. It says go to that person. And it says if, in fact, you go to them and they say, you know what, you're right. I am sorry. Please forgive me. It says, then you have won them over. Hear me out. And after you have won them over, listen to me. The case is closed. Close the book. Close it. Never to bring it up again. Why? Because it has been, you have won them over. Close the case. And if you don't close the case, then you continue to talk about it. You are gossiping but what if you don't win them over look what jesus says but if they will not listen take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses so you go to them you've wronged me you said this and i this hurt and i just need to 
understand what you were thinking when you did that. And, hey, you're my brother, you're my sister, and I want to come to you first to give you the benefit of the doubt. If you go to them and they don't see it and you know they've wronged you, it says, now go and grab two or three other people and you bring them with you. And why? Why two or three other people? So that when you're seated there, there's a multitude of counselors that are there. So that when you share your side, Solomon says, give your side, and they give their side, then there can be a judgment made about whether or not they've wronged you and whether or not they've done something wrong to you. And maybe if you're partially at fault too, you can admit to that so that there's more than just he said and she said. There's he said, she said, she said, he said. So that there's evidence or testimony. But if, in fact, you bring two or three witnesses and the matter's not resolved and the people that are with you would agree that they have wronged you, here's what the Bible says to do. Verse 17, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church, your church leaders. If they refuse to listen even to the church or your leaders, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. What's that mean? You remove yourself from that relationship. Because you haven't been able to bring reconciliation. But hear me out. Continue to pray that there is reconciliation. Continue to pray for them. How do we do this? How do we do it badly? Here's what happens. You go to a shop or a business or a restaurant. Or you buy something somewhere. And they often ask you, give me a review and so if, if someone didn't meet up to your standards or they, their delivery system was poor or you didn't like the way that, that the service person in that business took care of you, you have an opportunity to do one of two things. Go to the business owner and say, this was my experience, or write a review that says this place has horrible service. And the moment you do those kind of things, write one-star reviews. Write reviews about people because of one person or a business, and you haven't gone to the business owner or that person. That is gossip. That is sin. You see, this is hard stuff. But somehow in our world, we say, well, you know, we're all guilty of it. And this is my chance to get back at Walmart. <laughs> and we do it. This is my chance to get back at Amazon. Have you ever looked at reviews? Every once in a while, I look and, and I see what they say. And I, th and I think, I wonder if they ever talk to anybody that works there. I wonder if they ever went and did the biblical thing of going to that person? Or did they just respond in their anger? You see, that's sin. And in our world, it's so easy. Just give me my phone. I'll tell the world what I think. <laughs> An emoji with a face like this. <laughs> that is sin. That is gossip. Imagine if we began to take control of our thumbs. You see, we do it with political posts. What do we do? 
We see something in a political agenda that we don't like the way the person said this. Or we don't, and know what we do? We just share it and retweet it. We requote it. We just put it out there. We like it. We even love it. We, 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 we continue to propagate it. And let me ask you a question. Do you even know that politician? Have you ever had a conversation with them? Have you ever had them down at your table and said, hey, this is what I've observed about you and your views. This, these are my views. Tell me what you really think. How many of you just post and post and post and post? The Bible says to pray for your leaders, to pray for people. Instead of posting for people, pray for them. You see, we're so easy. You don't even realize it. We just propagate gossip over and over and over and over and over. Solomon would later say this, and here's one of the best practices if you've been wrong. It's Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 9. He says, he who overlooks an offense promotes love. <laughs> oh, Lord, give us that heart. <laughs> but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So if you've been wronged, you repeat it, you gossip, you separate close friends because all of a sudden you want people to take your side and they don't want to know whose side to take because they're a friend with that person. And so they find themselves like divided and what good is a double-minded man? And so they, they're divided and you've placed them in that situation and you say, I don't want to be your friend because you're a friend here and it's just like this, this is crazy. And, and Proverbs Solomon, who was greatly wise, said, he said, we can choose not to be offended and we can choose to overlook an offense. You know what it is? It promotes love, the Bible says. If you must talk about the offense, then talk to the person who offended you. You see, gossip is when you hear something you like about someone you don't. Ooh, huh? So how do you overlook an offense? If you've ever been to Western Maryland, and many of us will be driving there this coming weekend... And when you get into the mountains of Pennsylvania, when you're traveling on, on 70 or the toll road, there are these places, or 68, there are these places in western Maryland that have these signs that say, overlook. And you're driving along, and there's an exit ramp called an overlook. And so what you do, you drive off on this exit ramp, and there are parking places, and then they have, for lack of better words so that you can understand, these viewers are like binoculars. And you take a quarter out, and you drop a quarter in this viewer, and you put your eyes up, and you begin to see what is far out there. Gorgeous mountainscapes, mountains in God's design. It's just beautiful. I mean, some of the, the, the most beautiful, majestic artwork of our God. And so people will often pull over the road and say, hey, let's stop at this overlook. And we get out and we look and we overlook what? We overlook when we pulled up there that there was trash all over the floor. That the ground is dirty and that the, there's no grass growing here. And that there's weeds and, and there's rocks. And, and if we just focus on what's in front of us that, that, that we don't like, then we miss out on what is all out there that what God is doing in our world. In this picture of there is so much good and there's so much that God is doing and there are so many more things that people have that they do that is beautiful that we should overlook this dirt in front of us. But do you? Or are you the person that just points out when I'm, can you believe they charge a quarter for a cart? Can you believe that? 
but their prices on their food is good. (laughs) You see, you have a choice and I have a choice to overlook an offense that's done to us. I love how the psalmist said this. In Psalm 141, verse 3, he said, Oh, Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. What's that mean? When you begin to talk, So what are some steps that you and I should take when someone wants to gossip? I want to give you five steps. These are practical steps, and I do. I apply these. They help me. First one is this. I'll ask the person when they come to me and they want to share, talk, and they begin this conversation, I'll ask them, what is your reason for telling me this? I'll ask them. I often ask it. Like, I'll say, hey, why do you want to tell me this? Like, why did you come into my office? Or... Why do you want to meet with me? What's the purpose of this encounter? What's the reason we're setting up a time to get together? Why did you pull me into the corner and say, Pastor Jim, I just want to say, or Jimmy, I want to talk to you, or, or Jim, I want to talk to you. What's the reason for telling me this? You see, you will see their motives. Is it so that you can be involved in the situation, the solution? And if it's none of your business, then tell that to the person. Just say, you know what? That really isn't my business. And if it's a wrong that's been done to you, let me just say this. Listen, the best thing that we can have happen right now is for you to take your wrong and go to the person that's done that to you. And you know what I will do? I will pray for that encounter that you have with that person. End of conversation. I also will ask this question. Where did you get that information You'd be surprised. Well, I heard it from, and they heard it from, and they heard it from. That'll tell me this gossip. Thirdly, I'll ask this question. Have you gone to those directly involved? If he has not gone or she's not gone to the offender, then he or she is not interested in helping but hurting them. And before you talk to anyone else, go to that person. And then I'll ask this question if it gets this far. Have you personally checked out all the facts yourself? You see, generally gossip is one-sided. And Proverbs 18, 17 says this, the first to present their case seems right until you hear both sides of it. And then I ask this question. This is the one. Okay, if they're still coming, they're still coming, they're still coming. This one here, this, this, this will squash it all if it's gossip. I ask this. Can I quote you that you told me this? (laughs) I'll tell you what, they run as fast as they can run. Why? Because they don't want anyone to know that they are backbiting, that they are gossiping, that they are taking chunk after chunk after chunk after chunk after chunk out of someone. A gossip doesn't want to be quoted. And often they will say this, ever tell them that I told you this or that I said this. Here's another truth about gossip, and sometimes we lose sight of this one. Gossip needn't be false to be evil. There's a lot of truth that shouldn't be passed around about people. 
Like how many times has someone in confidence, maybe it's your wife, your husband, your kids, or a friend, a, a boss, a coworker, an encounter, a counselor, you've sat down, and, 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 and how many times has information come and, and that it's true? It doesn't have to be evil. That you could say something about someone that someone confided in you, and you passed it on. Listen to me. That is gossip. Even if it's true, that's gossip. And it goes like this. Let me tell you what they told me in confidence, but don't ever tell anyone that I told you that. Or they show you their text that was sent to you. Have you ever got one of those? Like someone, well, this is what the text was like. Wait a minute. I'll say, do they know? Did you get permission from that person, from them, that you could share you, their text with me? How often we just, well, this is a text that I have. How often have you, even in truth, posted a text that someone was between you and someone else and said, look, look, here's the text I received. Did you go to that person and say, hey, can I put that on Facebook? <laughs> hey, can I share that with the world? Do you see what's happening here? It's gossip. Even truth. If you didn't get permission from that person, then it's gossip. See, we must examine our motives for sharing information about other people. And some of the things we need to ask are questions like this. Here's some questions I've typed down. Why do I need to share this with this person? Is it to make me look good and the other person look bad? Maybe I have a gripe about the person. Am I trying to win people to my side by running down the other guy? Sometimes it's to share information because it feels good to be in the know. Then others will look at me like, I got the inside scoop. Listen, that is called insecurity. And if you don't have your identity in Christ, you will be insecure. And insecurity, that's security that's not in Christ. It's in things, possessions, or accomplishments will end up far from God. There are a lot of fleshly reasons for sharing something about another person behind his back. And hear me out. The only right reasons for sharing damaging information about a person is to seek to bring help to the person or to warn someone who could be damaged again by this person. So you can go to this another person and say, I'm just here to warn you. And I'm here because I've already gone to that person. And after I went to that person, I just want to protect you. I have no ulterior motives. I'm not trying to degrade this person. But hear me out. Make sure you are prayed up before you take that route so that God can examine your heart and search your heart and to see if there's any offensive way in you called sin. You must be very honest before the Lord when you do that. If a person is not directly involved in the problem and isn't part of the solution, and if they don't need to be warned for their own protection, they don't need to know some details about that person. If they ask questions, you can simply say this, and through the years I have said this a thousand times. There are some problems, but I'm not free to divulge the details. You see, in my world, I have many people that come to me and tell truths. I have people that confide in me. 
And even in our world, sometimes my wife will have people come up to you and say, yeah, you know what's happening, because I talk to Jim, and she'll say, I don't know what's happening because Jim hasn't talked to me about you. You see, build trust and confidence so the person can come and you can bring healing to them and help through the word of God. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 19 says this, He who goes, goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. You see, if you listen to gossip, you'll be tempted to pass it on. If you refuse to listen to it, you won't have fuel for that fire. I also want to say this. Some of us welcome gossip. People will come and they'll share all kinds of things about people. And if you just stand there and listen to it, and you're not part of the solution, then you yourself are a gossiper too. And gossip is sin. Solomon would say in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, he said, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those that love to talk will eat the fruit of their words. So what is a kind of a check system? Like, what's a check and balance in conversations? Here's a prayer, and if you were to see my prayer life, I pray this regularly. Lord, help people when they walk away from me to want to follow you. Let me ask you a question. When someone walks away from you, do they want to seek after Jesus more than ever? Or do they find themselves just riddled like they need to take a shower because of the information that you have passed on to them Paul would later say in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, rid yourself of all slander. What is the motive behind why you are sharing? You see, when we think we are superior over others, we find them or threatening to us from getting what we want. We have this tendency because we are sinful people to want to tear them down. There's often an appeal to people to bring in another person down or even listening to someone talk about another person so that we can think more highly about ourselves. I heard a person say this recently about a gossiper. I wish they'd get a life so they can stop talking about mine. Paul has some strong words to say in Ephesians 4.29. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths. Unwholesome. Anything that doesn't edify God or lift God up or lift Jesus up or lift that person up. May your words encourage. May your words build up. May your words hold up. May your words advance the kingdom of God. May your words be given in such a way that people say, wow, he really loves others. And not only does he love others, he loves Jesus. And the world will know that we love God by our love for one another, not our gossip for one another. Honestly, the best defense against gossip and slander that is directed at you is to have a lower opinion of yourself. If we were really true, honestly, if people really knew how wretched we really were, <laughs> sometimes think that that's all you know. <laughs> Praise God. Charles Spurgeon has this quote, and it's one of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard. 
And it's so good. It's so good for me. And hopefully it'll be good for you. Charles said this, If any man thinks ill of you, do not be angry with him. For you are worse than he thinks you to be. (laughs) And if he charges you falsely at some point, yet be satisfied. For if he knew you better, he might change the accusation. (laughs) Come on. Any good that's in us comes from where? From God. We are a mess without Jesus Christ. But praise God for his grace and his love. And the only good that can ever come from us is God working in us. So in order to overcome an offense, in order not to get all shook up about it, just remind yourself of who you really are without Jesus Christ and his grace. You see, a good practice to have for people is to assume the best about people. Assumptions are the lowest form of truth. And so many of us assume things that aren't true. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 2 says, Fools delight in airing their own opinions. And I would say this, a lot of the problems in the world would be solved if we talked to each other instead of talking about each other. I think we have some work to do. And please, may you not be the person that says, Well, we're all guilty of that. It's your way of saying, it's okay then. No, it isn't. Let's speak life to our world. Let's breed encouragement to people. Let's take life to our schools and our workplaces and our churches. Let's not tear down. Let's build up. And as we do that, the world would say, you are different. Just take a look at your social media. Do you have a propensity? Do you have a a tendency? Are you predisposed to report what is wrong with someone? Are you predisposed to put a review of one because you didn't get what you want it is more better for us to overlook an offense and say wow God look what is good in the world look what you're doing look what can happen praise God for Jesus the world will be one to Jesus word by word Thought by thought. Action by action. We have some work to do. Would you be willing to make a commitment to say, Holy Spirit, test my heart and see if there's any offensive way in me? Would you be willing to pray before you post with your thumbs? Would you be willing to pray before you group text and say something? Would you be willing to pray before someone comes to you and say, hey, this is what I know. You know, often all you can say, that hasn't been my experience with that person. Oh, God, help us, please. It's such a rampant sin in our world. We admit to all kinds of things, Lord. But we rarely admit to gossip. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would eradicate it from our lives. And in the voice of John Owen, just cut off the sin, God. Cut it off. 
And and only then will we begin to see relationships flourish in Christ. We love you, Lord. And I'm grateful, God, that you never gossip about us. Because you have more ammo than anyone has. And all you choose to do is forgive and offer grace and send your son, Jesus, to the cross to die for wretched sinners. Oh, God, give us the heart, your heart, and the heart of your son, our Savior, who loves the world, even in the armpit of sin. In Jesus' name, amen. We're about to hear a song that I really ask you, like, don't check out. Stay off your phones. Don't worry about where you're going next. As Pastor Jeremy sings the truth of this song, ask yourself this question. Do I have some work to do? Am I breathing life or am I breathing death? Let the truths of the song sung by my brother encourage, convict your heart today.